Hey, this is Gregory Titus, and you're listening to the Master of One Podcast. You can find me at GregoryTitus.com. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One Podcast, the podcast that won't stop till we get enough. Part one this week, we talk about Jim McKenzie, Battle Wizards, in 11-22-63. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So let's get this episode going, regardless of whether or not Danny's okay. He's never okay. every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about new things that are coming up and about our weeks. Patrick, what are we talking about? SDCC. It's going to happen. Um, and Kid Robot announced uh, just just now, recently, that you can pre-order some of their SDCC exclusives on the website. So it's sdcc.kidrobot.com. Uh, they it's it's not the it's not all of them. They are reserving some to sell at the event. But if you're going to be at SDCC and you can pick them up, you can go ahead and pre-purchase online and then pick up at the booth. And uh, they've got some cool figures. The the uh, ones that stand out to me are the anatom the anatomical wabbit um, by Jason Freeney, who we've talked to on the show. That one is glow in the dark. Um, there's a seven inch uh, TMNT shredder in gold, which I imagine Andrew is all over. Yep. And uh, Andrew, you haven't said if you're going to pick up that Triceraton yet. I would. I don't want to pick up the Triceraton because it's like neon green, which is weird to me. If I'm gonna, they're they're gonna have a regular orange Triceraton seven inch, which I've seen. I would rather have the orange one because that's more true to the well, wait. actual character. But that is indirect. Um, that directly is against what you're saying. <laughs> I, my words aren't working. Doing, you're, do, uh, yeah. you're doing great. But that's directly <laughs> against why you would even like the Shredder then. No, it's not. Why? Because I don't think the Shredder's not neon green. It's gold. It is gold, but it doesn't Gold's completely... Gold's a metal. Well, green's a color. It doesn't completely change the look of the, the base figure. He's still a human, <laughs> but instead of wearing silver um, helmet and, and shreds, uh-huh. he's wearing gold. Yeah. And the, the Statue of Liberty was a metal, green and just not an orange. And now it's green. Maybe that's not. It's not maybe the same Shredder thing. is actually copper, and if you left Shredder in the weather, he would look like Triceraton. No, I stand by it. Copper oxidizes. Wait, what are you standing Andrew? by? Andrew, like you're sitting. I'm standing. No, I'm standing right now. Huh. This is my standing desk. You're small. All right. There's more yeah. stuff. There's a Mega Man. There's a Street Fighter. There's a Mr. Sparkles, and there's a Lich. Go look him up. Purchase yeah. them, go to STCC, buy Andrew and Luca coffee. Andrew. <laughs> Just in general? What you got? Like, buy us coffee? Yeah. Um, yeah, also buy them coffee. Sweet. Uh, this week, uh, movies that are opening, Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I actually think that's going to be really funny. Um, Best the, tagline of any film. Yeah, the marketing for that has been fantastic. Also, Finding Dory, so the new uh, Disney Pixar film is out this week. The sequel to Finding Nemo, obviously. The Last King. Um, and then a, a terrifying-looking movie called Clown, which I know Luke will be at. Um, nope. So, uh, 
yeah, several movies coming out this weekend. Uh, hit up the theaters and enjoy yourself at the movies. If we miss anything that's coming out, let us know. Let us know on social media. Drop us a line in Slack, and uh, and we will make sure to share with everybody. We want to make sure everybody is up to date on all their pop culture stuff. All right, Luke, tell us about your week. Um, this week was pretty good. I uh, so both of my sons had birthdays in since the last time we've podcasted. Um, Milo, are their birthdays always this close to each other? They have been ever since they were born. So yeah, okay, um, all right. Milo yeah. is is six now, and Jonas is nine. So it's crazy. We have we have kids that are growing up, and so we went to. Um, they both wanted to go every year. We started a tradition. We'll just do what they want to do on their birthdays. So um, Milo picked a water park. So we went and hung out for like four hours out at the water park, and it was a blast. And then Jonas decided that he wanted to do that on his birthday day, um, so we did that. And I have a sunburn, so yeah, you do. It's it's a fun time, um, but it's not like my sunburn goes away in a couple of days, and then I'll be tan, so it'll be fine. Um, other than that, I played uh, Paragon. It's a MOBA. It's another MOBA that came out um, for PS4. Um, it's third person. Instead of a, it's instead of being a shooter like Overwatch, um, it's it's cool. It's pretty good. It's still like it feels like they're still working out some bugs, and it does say that like that things are still in development. So it's kind of strange that they released the game, um, but overall, it's a it's a fun mechanic and it's a fun um, game to play. Um, and then today I was in the studio shooting photos of a Harley, and that was pretty fun. So how'd you get it even in? Like, how did they um, do that? Our doors are double doors, so they open enough to get in there. Okay. But new fun. or old? Uh, old. What, what year? It was. What model? It's the it's like the hundred fifteenth. Uh, I don't know the hundred fifteenth anniversary or model. Like, I don't think it's the hundred fifteenth anniversary because I don't think they Harley's been around that long. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, well, if it's not the 115th anniversary, but there's a model that's 115 years old, a, I would argue that maybe... Maybe it's their 115th model. I don't know. It's something 115. Anyway, it's a cool-looking gotcha. bike. Um, it's a Road King, but it's it's like well, a special... Well, their 115th anniversary is in, like tw- is in like a couple... It's 2018. It's not that far away. Yeah, no, it's, like it's, two not, years it's away. not that bike. It's not a bike for their anniversary. It's a bike that's been out for a couple years already. Okay, gotcha. Um, but it's a cool-looking bike, and so that was fun just trying to um, get all of the reflections under control because anything shiny just reflects. That's all it does, and you have to do that. Spend some time with lights, getting it under control. Yeah, you do. So it was fun. Just getting it. Yeah. All right, who are you tossing it to? You. Me? Yep. Do All it. right, so my week has consisted of some TV watching, and I'm going to talk about that during my master category. So the other thing that my week has consisted of is helping a friend, um, a new friend in here in San Antonio, to sort through what Did is quite possibly... Did you friends with that person because of this? I don't want to confirm or deny that because there's a chance that they're listening. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, so shortly after I became friends with them, uh, I found out, like, they saw my office and saw the studio and saw, like, all the toys and stuff, and they said, well, um, so here's the, here's the story behind it. Her, her father died, um, last year, I believe, towards the end of the year, and 
he had been collecting for years and years and years, over 30 years, um, collecting toys for his retirement and for their inheritance. Like, that was the deal. Um, toys and comic books and, like, trading cards, like collectible cards. And so um, a 30-year-old collection, he, he, it, is, it is a serious collection. He has uh, multiple sets of all of the figures from um, the 19... 19- uh, 70s and 80s Kenner Star Wars figures. A lot of all of them are pristine or mint condition. Uh, uh, there is a significant amount of them that are um, uh, on card and unpunched. Nice. Um, it's it's insane. He's got a Star War. He's got a Darth Vader Return of the Jedi 1980 um, on card unpunched figure, and it's like pristine. The the plastic on it is completely clear. It's it's insane. The blister pack on it. Um, so I was looking at toys that I mean that I forgot existed. Um, he he had oh my gosh hundreds of these figures on card unpunched and things like that and then on top of that there was simpson stuff there was a ton there's hundreds of um gi joe figures on them. card and unopened it's crazy like you look at this and you think how how is, is this even possible like how how is how is this really happening if you're a lover of toys it's an entire guest bedroom floor to ceiling with boxes um and so we spent the day starting the process of pulling them out opening opening like the boxes to see what there was to assess it started taking photos we had a a, a light box set up and or a soft box set up and everything um and cataloging we had a little assembly line going but my favorite part about being there was um well helping a friend but on top of that uh um they had two boxes of turtle toys that were original 1988 Turtle toys, the ones that I collected, on card, unpunched, like the boxes are perfect. You could frame them and it would be glorious. And I'm on a mission to try to buy the boxes of stuff, although I started looking up prices for just like the set of, you know, the four turtles and and we're looking at serious dollars. Yep. So I don't know that I'm going to be able, it's, it's going to be quite an investment. But the, the, whole, the whole purpose of it is for them to um, recoup funds they're trying to sell it all off um and so i'm trying to connect them with comic book uh comic book stores and toy stores and um collectible stores in san antonio and austin to try to help them um value all their stuff and hopefully get it all into someone's hands so that they can pay off some of the debt and bills and stuff like that that he left behind so um it's been fantastic i'll post a couple pictures of it on the show notes it is uh if you're a toy lover, especially a vintage toy lover, they have he has the entire set of Bucky O'Hare figures. Nice. He's got um I mean, it just he has a ton of old McFarlane figures, like early 90s McFarlane figures unopened. He has uh just so many toys that you for- so have forgotten about. So was he just about. a collector or did he sell them too? He didn't sell them. He collected them with the intent that it would be their their inheritance. He's got whole sets of um, like full sets of like Marvel cards, like the tops Marvel cards and like the foil cards yeah. and like all these things that we collected um, growing up. He's he's got whole sets of them. It's it's crazy and and not just whole sets, but he took care of this stuff. It's not like he just tossed it in a box. Everything was um, um, at one point it was all cataloged and it was all um, sorted and everything. And so uh, we're trying to kind of get it back in that in that place. So. Um, 
crazy cool week for vintage toys for me. Um, let's see if I'm able to walk away with any of them. I want to be able to help them out financially, but at the same time, I just really want those toys. <laughs> so, um, Patrick, take us home. So this week was the Tony Awards. Did anyone get a chance to watch? No. I watched about half of them. I have to say, I personally am... I, I, you know, I'm sure they're... Ra- I don't know what their ratings are. I should say that. I don't know that. But personally, I did watch Tony's last year. I watched them this year. The Tony Awards, I should say. And I really, really enjoyed them. I thought this was absolutely... I thought James Corden did a great job. I think it flowed a lot better uh, than... Uh, especially thinking about last year. And um, and honestly, I don't follow the... Uh, necessarily the plays very much. My, my wife is a lot more into it than I am. Uh, so I, I try to keep up. And she tells me what I should be excited about and not excited about. But... There were some killer performances during the night. I, I thought it was a great watch for sure. Um, I think the highlights for me was um, there was a woman, uh, Color Purple, they did one of the songs. And uh, the the woman that she, I believe she won best, like the, their version of Best Actress in a Musical, but the woman that sang in the Color Purple performance is just like goosebumps, hair standing up, like amazing vocalist, like blew me away. And um, and then beyond that, I would say just in general, James Corden did a, did a very um, you know competent job of guiding the evening. So I thought the Tony Awards were great. Super enjoyed it. Sweet. Yeah, the part that I saw, I, I first of all, I only recorded it. I forgot that it was on. I for, I knew that it was on, but I forgot to set my record to it because we're an hour ahead on all that stuff. So it started at at. If it started at seven your time, it started at six our time. So I missed it by an hour, um, and so I missed all the opener and stuff. But I did see the the karaoke with the guy from Hamilton and um, uh, she loves the the girl from She Loves Me and Thirty Rock, and then uh, the guy from Oh my gosh, whatever the Jesse Tyler Ferguson, I think is his name. Um, but that was a lot of fun. That that one was a lot of fun. So I imagine the rest of the show was was in the same vein. Yeah, and actually, I did just read that uh, their ratings or their viewership was 35% above last year's, and it was their highest rated uh, Tony Awards in the past 15 years. Wow. So, and and they, I wonder how lot- much. I wonder how Go much ahead. of that was, if any of that was connected to what happened in Orlando yesterday. Um. Yeah. I. Well, so I, I couldn't say. I know that for me personally, I had no idea that they were happening last night. And uh, Mackenzie and I were hanging out, and we got home. We decided to watch a movie. We watched Whiplash, got finished, and I realized it was only 7 o'clock, and I had no idea what I was going to do for the rest of the night. And, uh, and then I, like, I you know, started looking for something else to watch and stumbled upon it. So for me, it was complete happenstance. I'd say I you're probably minority it. on that one, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be stumble across traffic on it for sure. Did, is that but your there, first I mean, time there was a lot of focus on... No, I, I saw Whiplash in theaters when it, it came so out. Mackenzie had never seen it. It was her first time watching so good. it. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I, you know, it's. I think uh, some people have attributed the numbers just to Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton has been a really big hit this year. Yeah. Hamilton uh, won 11 awards last night, which. Um, it had a record the, nomination of 16, I believe, right? 16 nomination, and they would have had to have beaten out 12 to have the record win. So the producers back in 2001 won 12 awards. So they were really close to that record, but they did have a record 16 nomination. So 
Um, that musical is obviously taking the world by storm. We've already looked. They don't have a they don't have a touring version yet. Yeah. Um, and I checked Book of Mormon. They don't have a touring version out currently. So we're waiting for those. So we might just have to bite the bullet and go to New York and see him there. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. But that's it for me. That's your week. All right. Well, that's it for our Round the Table. Up next, Master Categories. Every week we talk about our Master Categories, which is the time we talk about the tokens we drew the week before to give us the categories. But this week we're doing a little something different just because, I mean, we make the rules and... Honestly, I mean, who's going to stop us? So, and um, Patrick messed up. Yeah. In in honor of Patrick messing up, um, we wanted to just really make sure that uh, he was able to talk about the thing that he prepared this week. So, Patrick, tell us about what we drew for you last week, and then tell us about what you're really talking about this week. Well, I could have sworn it was uh, art and design, but it turned out <laughs> it was toys and games. Uh, but I prepared for art and design, and then Luke, being the master he is, and also the gentleman, uh, you know... <laughs> He bowed and his beard bowed the and then they said gentleman. they would do it. <laughs> yeah. So I am doing uh, art and design. Do I get to take it away? Take it away. Yeah. Here we go. So um, we have a Slack channel, mf1podcast.com forward slash, forward slash uh, Slack. And it's a great way to, uh, you know, for you to talk with us, us talk to you. Just hang out in community. That It's not about us. It's just about community. And um, one of the people in the Slack posted a link to uh, uh, devour, a video that was on Devour. And it was a video called The Scarecrow. And uh, this is an artist named Jim McKenzie. Now, now Jim works for... Huh, we're on first name basis. So Jim <laughs> well, works yeah. for a, um, a company in New York. They do a lot of like commercials and things like that. They've done work for you know, everyone from you know, Wendy's to um, National Geographic to Capital One and H&R Block. I mean, they, just, they do a lot of big name stuff. So... It seems like looking through his stuff, he does a lot of like digital compositing and also directing. Um, but he also, um, you know, does painting, illustration, and sculpting. And the Scarecrow specifically is about one of his sculpts. So um, Jim McKenzie has a gallery, op- it's a show opening up at Copro Gallery, and uh, it's an exhibit called Lost Magic. And he takes all of these kind of um, they're kind of these hybrids or kind of these odd twists on characters. Like in the case of this, a scarecrow that is scared of crows. And uh, he puts them in, uh, you know, uh, these really vibrant settings or they're very ultra-saturated looking. Um, but they're all like kind of outcasts or they're a little bit odd, I should say. Yeah. And uh, this, the scarecrow is one of those characters. Almost Tim and- Burton-y. Would you say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, so it is this very weird, like, happy, ultra-saturated, but at the same time, like, it's off. <laughs> you know, like a little weird. So this video follows him uh, sculpting up the Scarecrow, this piece for the show. And let me just say first, I think the cinematography is great. There's parts of it that almost feel like stop motion, or it feels like maybe he recorded it in reverse and then played it back like the correct, you know, forward um like it has this kind of like odd kind of whatever to it but um he goes through his figure of sculpting out so he lays out the foam block a lot of i guess sculpty um and then he has these really cool techniques he uses to get his final uh figure so for the hat he's actually taken um kind of that um what would you consider like that that burlap material Yeah. yeah and he's like laid it in the sculpted to get that texture in one case he needs these ropes 
So what he does, it looks like he takes just like wire, like, you know, rubber coated wire, and he uses a little needle to just prick tons of holes into it till it has a full texture and then he can like, you know, paint it. Um, just lots of interesting stuff like that. So to get to see how he takes foam and sculpt and then he breaks out, you know, his power tools and his sanders and he comes out with this very um, precise, delicate figure is just awesome to me. So both of y'all had a chance to check out the video? Yep. Yeah. So uh, tell me, like, uh, your opinion of the figure or what stands out to you with the with the work that he's done? It is incredible. Um, man, just the amount of detail that he goes into as far as even down to, like, the highlights that he's doing on the shirt and the shadow detail, um, the detail of taking his, you know, t- he takes a pencil and draws the lines of the, the shirt to, to get them all matched up. Um, there's so much stuff that is the weather, like even the weathering on the shoes, like it's just so good. I love the shot where he shows the shoe and then it pan, like yeah. it, it's a rack focus to it's his, his shoe. shoe. <laughs> it's so good. Um, the shoes are cool in general, bird, though. like the bird, the wingtip. Man, gosh, it's so good. Um, he is. I don't understand how somebody has time to do this and then have another job. Like it just, this is a lot of work. Um, well, that's what struck me is that one part it shows probably ten different heads. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if they were all handmade or if he made one and cast the well, rest. It doesn't really say, but you get the feeling that he made them all. Yeah, I, I think probably what happened. So there, there's in at least the version I saw, there is um, all these credits on it, and one of the is resin caster. So I imagine he he made a, a like his his main sculpt and then cast. Um, some in resin for copies um, to be able to either reproduce later for sale or just for as part of this um, show, he didn't have to do, you know, each one by hand. So I was wondering those same questions. It, it, the eyes are just insane. I loved how he, how he did the eyes and then put the clear coat over them. And so they've got that real glossy, real eye look and, It just, the figure is is insanely cool. I, I mean, I looked to see if I could buy it. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, it's it's neat, but he obviously did more than one. So there's some production run of them somewhere, and I don't know if they're all secondhand already or if maybe he well, hasn't released them yet. It looks like part of the or... show. There's a couple at the show, like the different iterations of the head as it's in process. Yeah. So I imagine maybe once the show's done, they'll be for sale. But I don't know. But it's yeah. It's so the show. Cool. So the show goes on till, Jan- till I'm sorry, July second. Uh, he does have a couple pieces on his website, on his store that you can buy. There's two originals on there right now, but then he's got some other either reproductions or he's got some art pieces, some prints, things like that. Um, but yeah, my as far as for you, my guess is that when the show ends July second, that after that is when you'd see these pieces pop up. Um, it just it really strikes me uh, that the no detail was left out. Just every piece of it from the figure to the kind of secondary figure of the bird to the post he's hanging on to even the base. Every bit of it gets the same level of attention all the way through. Yep. Uh, and just uh, just a great looking piece. So anyway, uh, this video we'll post it in our show notes uh, or if you're in the Slack channel, and you should be in the Slack channel. Uh, so go and sign up now if you haven't. Patrick will uh, pin the, the post. Vi- 
Yeah, I'll just throw it in there and you can see it there. But really great. Again, that's Jim McKenzie. He's got his gallery, Lost Magic, um, or his exhibit at uh, Copro Gallery running until July 2nd. So check him out. And with that, Luke, what category did I get this week? Uh, So this week you had Toys and Games. But me being the master of Toys and Games, I am always ready to talk that. So I, um, I'm going to talk about a game that I have been playing this week, and man, it is so fun. Um, it's funny that that uh, Jim McKenzie's show is called Lost Magic because this this game is called Epic Spell Wars of the Battle Wizards: Duel at Mount Skullfire, and it's all about being a wizard and fighting other wizards. Um, so that's where all the magic went, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, so this game is a card-based game. Like it's a, um, you draw cards and you, you play those cards in different hands. Um, and the idea is each each round you're laying a spell um, to to fire at all of the other wizards. Um, in each you can play one to eight eight people, or you can't play one two to eight people. Um, <laughs> and you have everybody gets a character. Like there's people like um, Krastar the Bloodomancer. Um, there is, uh, Pister, the Pissed Wizard. There is, uh, Faye Ticklebottom, the Enchanter. And all kinds of other fun stuff. Um, this game is made by Cryptozoic, the same people that made, um, uh, Spyfall and the Ghostbusters game that came out earlier, uh, last year. Um, and it's, so it's fun. So you, you draw cards, and each round you, you lay down um, three different cards to make up a spell. So what we're going to do is I want you guys to each give me a number, and you guys will lay a spell, um, and I'll read off what the spell is. So, Patrick? Two. Two? Okay. Andrew, one or two? One. One. Okay. And then Patrick, again, one, two, or three? Two. Two. Andrew, one or two? One. One. <laughs> All right, one more time. Patrick. One. Ooh, nice. And Andrew? One. Got it. All right, so Patrick, your spell is Bleemax Brainiacs Explodifying Phantasmagoons. And I'll show you this artwork. So, you, what the heck was that? That was the sound the spell makes. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, so you good have lord. This. this is your spell. <laughs> um, and how it works is you have a uh, delivery, a quality, and um, a source. And so you play these three different types. And Andrew, yours is uh, Magma Gogs, Boulderific, Gornado. Um, and so, okay. here I'll show you. Let me see the artwork of his. I like how they all fit together. Like the artwork is made in such a way that they all fit into each other. Yeah, that's crazy. How that? Yeah, that's crazy how that works. So you put together those cards and you make a deck, and you fire it off, and you get different dice that you can roll and different power. But it's cool. The games play like fifteen minutes long, and then if you die, you get access to these dead wizard cards, and they do different things. So it'll give you. Um, different abilities so each round that you're dead you get to draw a card and like this one is nectar of nirvana you're dead live with it so you don't get any bonus this one afterlight artifact at the start of the next game you gain a treasure at the beginning or you start the next game with uh plus two health so any of those things you can do to have a better odds at the next game um it's really fun it's really easy to play it doesn't take much time and the um 
the spells that you can create are hilarious. The um, artwork is super fun, and, uh, man, it's a blast. It's a really fun game. So that's mine. Perfect. I think that game would be fun, like, if you had, you said you can play up to eight people yep. or up to six. Yeah, people. you can play up to eight, and there's an expansion actually, another a second game um, that adds even more. I think that would be a lot of yeah. fun it, with a, like a larger group of people. That seems like it would be a good like party game almost. Yep. All right, um, so my take yeah. it. All right, well, I had TV and film, and like I said, I've been watching uh, some different things. I'm very close to finishing Newsroom. I've got two episodes left. I'm all caught up on Silicon Valley and Veep and Game of Thrones, um, so I had to obviously try something new. Um, and on Hulu, there is a Hulu original series called 112263. Have you guys heard of this? I watched it. Okay, so you watched it. Patrick, have you heard of this? No. Okay, so this is a this is a TV show. Um, it's an like I said, it's an original. It's an eight part mini series, um, and it's by J.J. Abrams, um, and um, it is. So I'm going to try to give you the plot to it. Um, it's a time travel show. I mean, it is, but it's not like your typical time travel show. James Franco, who is the lead in the show, um, finds out that he can travel back in time but only through only from one certain place and only to one certain place in one certain time of history and that is um night it's like october 21st or something like that uh 1960 and it's and he he comes out somewhere in maine um and so i don't want to like give things away through a course of events he uh, is charged with um Staying in the in in the 1960s to try to um, to try to thwart uh, Lee Harvey Oswald murdering and assassinating John F. Kennedy, um, and all sorts of stuff happens over the course of this show. Um, I'm not going to give anything away because I think you should watch it. And it's a it's a J.J. Abrams show, so there's going to be lots of little twists and weird fun things. Um, but the show I think was really really good. It had a different kind of uh, different plot than maybe most shows would have um it was a little dark a little twisted um it it was it was very very interesting and very very uh very fun um so i would just say go check it out there's there's actors in it that you've seen before and there's a lot of actors that maybe you haven't um but like i said james franco is the lead and uh, i think he does a great job what do you think about it luke i liked it a lot um it got a little bit slow in the middle for me um i don't know it just seemed like a lot of uh waiting um well yeah but but other than that it was good um it was it's yeah it's definitely a good take it's like it's like groundhog's day meets time travel the butterfly effect yeah kind of that's yep. really what it is that that's what i took away from it so yeah there are you know if you know about the butterfly the butterfly effect um you know what the idea of that if if you're time traveling if you're messing with time and space at all even stepping on a butterfly can affect you know it, it can change world history because you never know what's going to happen and so uh it's a really interesting take on that whole genre um and i like that it actually played with real life events um yeah which made it really interesting so it, it you you learned actually a lot of history 
um, over the course of the show. Uh, but on top of that, there's obviously tons of artistic liberties um, taken with it. And uh, it's just, it's a really cool and interesting thing. So check it out. Um, it's called 112263. Um, it's just all the numbers. And you can find it on Hulu. Right now, it's got an 8.4 out of 10 on the Metacritic, and or not on Metacritic, on IMDb. Um, so it's it's got pretty good ratings. And uh, check it out. Um, well, I think that's it for our master categories, which means that that's it for this episode so uh, you can find all of the stuff that we just talked about with the links and such on mofonepodcast.com you can also find the episode archive where you can listen to all sorts of other episodes prior to this patrick how many did we say we have on there now over 150 oh yeah definitely so um go back and listen to maybe some of your favorite artists uh, some of your favorite topics we've, we've covered a lot over the last two years um so go check that stuff out on there as well you can find us on social media just search m of one podcast on instagram twitter Ello, and facebook you can also join our slack conversation just uh go to m of one podcast.com slash slack and you can be a part of that community we have a good time in there it's a lot of fun um and so join us in there you can also subscribe on itunes when you do that we can come to your ears twice a week every week um where you can hear our melodious voices and it's really simple for you on top of that we would love for you to do one thing patrick what is that review and rate the show it is very very important it is very important it's very helpful for us and uh doesn't take much of your time and this week you want to make sure you subscribe because we have a fantastic guest lined up for our turtles month you do not want to miss it if you're a, a fan of turtles and comics um you'll probably know who he is so uh make sure you subscribe now guys we're out of here for this episode but before we do that our social media <laughs> is Luke two for two <laughs> Luke Gaw on Instagram and Twitter Patrick the great Pats be on Instagram that's with two A's and I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's I don't know why I always forget about our personal social media maybe it's because I care more about the podcast than I do or just our own personal um, self-interest but you know what that doesn't matter because this episode's over I'm Andrew I'm Patrick I'm Luke Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Your butts. I am the king of mountains and ancient wars. Is there, is, there stuff, is there stuff releasing this week?